themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. I hope you're doing very, very well. Um, I have the brilliant Jerry with me today. How are you, Jerry? I'm good. How are you, Jamie? Very, very well, thank you. Whereabouts are you talking from this morning? I am at my home on Fire Island in the Pines in New York City. Well, New York. Awesome. And, and how is your lockdown going then? Uh, it's going well. I'm here with my partner, my fiance, Rick Schroeder. We have been here for 14 weeks. Oh, wow. I think on Saturday it will be 100 days. And uh, I guess if we're still uh, fiancés, I guess it's a good sign, right? <laughs> I can imagine, because everyone obviously have been, some people have been with their family, some people have been with their partners, but to be with your significant others or families for so long, 24-7, must be sometimes quite taxing, or you learn so much more about the, the people that you're living with. We've had, we've had good days and bad days, individually and together. It's been, it's been a very interesting and a trying time for all of us, I think, for everyone. Mm. And... Uh, and uh, I've never experienced anything like it in my entire life. And I hope I never do ever again when it's all said and done. But, uh, but we have been very fortunate. We've been healthy. And we have um, uh, been here at the house, which is very, very secure and very, very safe. And we feel very comfortable. We're on the ocean. So we've got, we've got air and we can, we've, we've just been very, very lucky. Awesome. And, and, how, and how have you been create, keeping creative? Well, I um, have been doing a lot of work with my writers on different projects, mm -hmm. uh, working on new musicals, on a film, and also um, working on a few virtual things, uh, one for my annual fundraiser, Broadway Bears, which would have taken place on the 21st of this month mm. live, but obviously won't be happening because 6,000 people can't get into a room and hang out and dance and party and celebrate life. So um, we're, we're looking at ways to put together a virtual show that will, of course, Broadway Bears is an organization that I've started to, to raise funds for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS and since have started Westin Bears, which has just celebrated its 10th year last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's been going for a long, long time, and I think a lot of people who are doing these uh, events or these live things have been uh, have been going for a long time, and now re-strategizing, going, how can we do it? How can we present it digitally? 
Yeah, well, we, well, basically, like I said, Broadway Bears was created as a fundraiser to help in the fight against HIV and AIDS. Mm. And we've come a long way in 30 years. This would have been our 30th anniversary of the show. Mm. But all of the money that's raised at Broadway Bears in New York City goes directly to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, which funds all of the work at the Actors Fund here in America. Hmm. And also, um, it has given money this, this year. This week, we gave $125,000, $50,000 to BAC uh, Broadway, um, a, a, new, a new coalition, fairly new, for uh, Black Lives on Broadway and uh, the NAACP and um, Black Lives Matter. So hmm. we, um, Broadway Cares, the umbrella of the fundraising has stretched and um, really encompasses the entire community. Because mm. you, because you've been an advocate for so many of these organisations, and it's so brilliant that you did. You have you always been that that type of person to be kind of not the leader, but the, maybe like <laughs> just I don't know. It's just it's so impressive how many things I think, you've, you've been doing. I think I was raised. I think I was raised by um, uh, some very generous and. Um, I want. I don't want to say liberal as much as I want to say um, concerned citizens. My parents and my grandparents on both sides. And uh, I remember when I was young. I remember when I was very, very young. I was. Um, I was the first person to volunteer for the Jerry Lewis Telethon every Labor Day, and I would walk around my neighborhood and raise money. And I didn't even know what it was for really as a kid. I just knew. It was doing good, and I wanted to participate. Mm. And so I would take my fishbowl, and I'd go around the neighborhood and get money, and then I'd go to the local mall, and there would be a local chapter in Kalamazoo, and we would all dump our money into the bigger bucket. And, you know, I think it was just – I think some people are are born to I, – I, you, you're, you're born into a, into a family or into um, teachers – who help guide you, and you, I think generosity can be learned, but I think it can also be taught. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to know is the humble beginnings that you had and, and becoming sort of a creative, have you always, I'm assuming you were just saying about your family and, and all that sort of, kind of generosity, how did the kind of creative um, aspect of your life come in, into fruition when you were younger? Well, I think I think uh, I think even when I was younger, it, it's all based on instinct, right? It's based on what you respond to and how you respond, and how it affects you. And if you're raised uh, by teachers and parents who teach you what's right and what's wrong, so I came to New York uh, to do a Broadway show. It was my junior year of college, and they were giving me credit to be in the show on Broadway. Mm. And suddenly, I lost my very, very first friend to the AIDS crisis, a, a man named Ryan Worley. And we were great friends in college. And then I lost a second friend, my partner. And then I lost a third friend, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth. And this went on and on. And by the time I started Broadway Bears, I had lost eight of my best friends from college. Eight of my best friends from college. Now, no one who's under the age of 30 should lose eight of your best friends. Mm. Uh, and, and they were African-American. They were Italian. They were of all different races, but they were all men. They mm. were all men 
who I became great friends with in, at the university, at Webster College, Webster University. So that instinct kicked in mm. and I knew I had to do something. And so I created, I did what I, what I can do. I danced and I created a show. Mm-hmm. And so did you, did you always wanted to do, kind of go into the arts and become a, a choreographer and a director? Because it seems like oh, you've, God, you've, yes. you've, cause you've, cause you st- started when I was, I started when I was eight. <laughs> Because you, you stumbled upon some brilliant shows and they've become amazing successes and it's interesting how you kind of decide your projects that you, that you work on and you have such a clear vision of what you kind of want as a creator. When you're, when you're very, very young in the business and you're working in the commercial theatre, you don't always get to make a choice because mm. you're, trying to make, you're trying to build a career. So you get offered a choice and you take it. Um, and that was certainly in the very beginning. I was fortunate because some of the choices I was offered, let's go all the way back to the Full Monty and Hairspray, they were based on, they were there, I was working with writers and creatives who I had started relationships with 20 years prior to that. Mm. Um, um, Terrence McNally, who wrote the Full Monty, the musical, um, Terrence and I, I worked on a, ter- a play of Terrence's called Lips Together, Teeth Apart. Mm-hmm. There was a small dance sequence in it. There was a small fight sequence in it. And I worked with him on that off-Broadway play at the Manhattan Theater Club in New York. This was long before I ever got a Broadway show. Mm. Terrence, Terrence obviously is one of the great American playwrights, gay American playwrights, who passed away early in the very early stages of COVID um, here in New York City. Um, Terrence wrote many shows and many musicals and he was a he was a very important voice for the gay community. Um, but that relationship started at Lips Together Teeth Apart. So then we get to Terrence is working on the musical The Full Monty with a guy named Jack O'Brien who I had met 10 years prior we were both from Michigan. We were both gay. He was a very a prominent director running the Old Globe Theater out in San Diego. And we were set up on a luncheon by um, Manny Eisenberg, a very, very famous um, producer in New York. And uh, he just thought there was something about the two of us that might click artistically. Mm. And we met on that luncheon, but we didn't work together till 10 years later. And the full Monty was the fruit of that first meeting. Mm. So uh, al- aligning yourself with artists who see the world in the way in which you see it. Mark and Scott, who wrote Hairspray, I had worked with Mark and Scott when I was 23 years old in New York City, doing one-off shows in nightclubs in, in all over downtown uh, New York City, mm. cut to, you know, 17 years later, they've written Hairspray and they asked me to choreograph it. Mm. And we were great friends and we, we had the same sensibility about musical theater. And that became, you know, a, a huge success. But those early successes weren't really my choice. They were things that were offered to me. And when I think back on them, they were offered to me because the relationships I had started to nurture and build with people that I wanted to work with, that I believed were great artists, and that I, that I liked what they said. 
as my career continued and I did 10 Broadway shows as a choreographer, I was then asked if I wanted to direct and choreograph Legally Blonde. It was my first time as a director and choreographer on Broadway. And immediately I said yes, because I knew the characters. I, I loved the film. I thought the film played like a musical, even though there weren't songs in it, mm. and written for characters to share emotion. Mm. But I knew that the, the larger-than-life heroine of Elle Woods, uh, who was vulnerable, was definitely a character you could write a musical about. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so I took that on with gusto, and it was certainly a huge success, a bigger success in the UK than it was on Broadway, and a huge success in Australia and all around the world, and mm. continues to be a success to this day. It's amazing how many young people really relate to that show, the brilliant writing of, of uh, Larry and Nell and Heather. I just think it's one of the, one of the it was the, one of the musicals that was completely uh, not given it to do on Broadway, but will be given it to do when it's revived. You watch and see. I can imagine. But it's, it's so fascinating hearing your kind of collaborations and relationships with people 10 years beforehand, and it's all about that kind of, that simple thing of that when the timing is right, because you never know. Yeah. And I, I, You don't know, and you don't know if that timing will ever come. I mean, you know, one of my, someone who I think is a brilliant, brilliant composer, Andrew Lippa, we met through Broadway Bears. Um, Andrew had seen a, seen a Broadway Bears in New York in the early years, like maybe the sixth one. Mm. And he came to me and he said, he wrote me a, a letter how moved he was by the event. And he wanted to be involved and wondered if he could write a song for next year's Broadway Bears, which was going to be Broadway Bears 7. I had not met Andrew. I didn't know who Andrew was. I wrote him back immediately. I said, oh, my God, this is amazing. He, he sent me a song, and I said, I've already chosen the theme for next year. It's going to be a circus theme, and I want to call it the bearish show on Earth. Would you consider writing a, an opening number for the bearish show on Earth? And I sent him some dummy lyrics of ideas that I had for this opening number. Andrew came back and wrote what now was, was the template of how from the seventh year till the 30th year how we have started every broadway bears and and in the uk we start western bears this way with an original number written for the evening by someone working on broadway or the west end to sort of launch the theme and the show mm. and andrew and i worked on several broadway bears together until finally i was going to do a broadway bears type show in 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 um, uh, Vegas called mm. Peep Show and I immediately called Andrew and I said will you write the score and he composed five or six new songs for the show and oversaw all the music and that was our first time working together professionally where we were both getting paid mm. because everything we had done up to there prior to that was all just charity work for Broadway Cares mm -hmm. it's amazing isn't it that the relationships relationships you build and I'm assuming I'm assuming maybe there are still people that within your kind of circle that you know of that you still want to work with and again it always goes back to when the right project is there, the right project and the right brief and all that there there are so many people that I admire and uh, want to work with and 
you know, it is about building the relationships and, and, and letting those people know how much you admire them and how much you would welcome the opportunity of collaborating with them. I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm sure anybody would want to, but I saw six, uh, because um, I was, I'm working with um, Styles and True and Elliot Davis, and we, I, uh, George is one of the producers, and I, he said, you've got to go see it. I said, I really wanted to. And so he got me a ticket. I saw six, and I went, oh, my God, I have to meet Toby and Lucy. I have to meet them right now, and I have to see them face-to-face and tell them how brilliant they are. Mm. And so I invited them to... <laughs> You know, the hotel I was staying at, the Covent Garden Hotel, and I said, we have to have a drink. I just want to tell you how brilliant you are. And I saw the show and met all of the girls and fell in love with all the girls. And uh, But Amy Atkins, who, who was uh, uh, in the show, was just mind-blowing to me on a, on a different level because I'm a dancer and she's, her physicality spoke to me mm. in such a big way. And so I'm getting ready to do uh, Pretty Woman in London, and I think I have to have her audition. I have no idea if she can sing it, but I want to hear her audition for the show. Mm. And she came in and absolutely blew me away. I hired her. She opened on the West End just before all of this madness happened, and she blew everyone away with her performance because she is spectacular. But, you know, and I'm good, and now I'm friends with Toby and Lucy, and we've talked, I, I send them ideas all the time, nothing's hit, who knows if it ever will. Mm. But their talent is, you know, you, you can't question the talent that comes out of those two young people. For sure. Young, and you, and, and you are, I would say that you are a man of many different kind of skills and talents, and you have many uh, plates juggling all the time. And so I, maybe you are always needed to be on point all the time, but is there ever a point where you're maybe off balance or in limbo and you have to kind of motivate yourself and if so how do you do that well i yes am i off balance can i be off balance can i be in limbo absolutely i think everyone who works in creating anything always finds finds a place or a time when you think oh i'm on empty how do i recharge how do i refuel Mm. um uh, one way is one way is by reading and getting inspired, right? Mm. I mean, one of the uh, I was in London working on either either dirty I think it was dirty rotten scoundrels, and we just finished. We had opened and we we did very well. And I was flying back, and I had watched all the movies. And and I, usually after a show opens, I die for a week mm-hmm. and just go. Right and and decompress and I thought what am I going to do next? Although I had some things lined up, I didn't have anything really that my heart was screaming to do. Mm. And I picked up a book to read, and it was written by Terry Ronald, and it's called Becoming Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea, but by the time I got off the plane, I called my lawyer and I said, "You have to give me the rights to this book. This is a musical, and I want to make it happen." It's an incredible story, 1979, East Dulwich, about a young boy who auditions for the school musical Oliver and he gets cast as Nancy. But it's really about him becoming Nancy, Mm. not in the musical, in himself. Mm. He is gay and he has a best friend who's a, a young black girl and it's during the race riots in 1979 
uh, The Rock Against Racism. It's truly a spectacular story, and we hope to bring it to the West End and Broadway sometime very soon. Mm. And, and, and you've met so many people over your, your career and socially, professionally. What would kind of be your biggest uh, or most memorable quote that someone's given you or that you've read and you always kind of go back to? Uh, quote. Um, I don't know if there's one particular quote. I have a quote that's full out. You know, and I've been using it my entire life. And I think it's just about there's no when when it's time to perform, when it's time to to do whatever it is you do, mm. your passion has to be fully engaged mm. in order to be full out. You yeah. can't do it. I can't do it half full. Mm -hmm. I can't do it halfway. Yeah. The result will be the result will won't be what it needs to be yeah uh, well, you know so yeah i think that's evident in all your work and the way that you work around the industry and how dedicated and passionate you about you are about broadway bears and that sort of thing it's 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 very very clear that you're very passionate and very full out about how you can operate within your space <laughs> and it, it's great it's it's Always. really lovely it's really lovely to see and, and i know a lot of people are very inspired by you and and you give a lot of joy to people and i know a lot of people who work with you and they just say oh my god he's the most dream dreamest person to work with so it's it's lovely to hear that that would also be your kind of like prominent kind of quote or phrase that be full out in life and to go things full force yeah well yeah. i want to say thank you so much for giving me your time because it's been really, really oh fascinating to really hear from your own perception and the way that you operate in life. And I know you're such an incredible, busy man. So I want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. And, and stay well and stay healthy. This is 360 Yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening. <laughs>